Popheads, welcome to issue 74 of TomCast Popcast, also known as Popcast. We are a proud member of the 3BZ Network of Podcasts. I am your host, my name is Tom. Joining me today, the always unknowable Roger Smith. Why is he unknowable? Because this guy's got a new Instagram handle. Instagram Twitter handle. He is (laughs) Jedi Raj. Yeah, decided to change it to make it a little easier for you guys to find me. And, uh... Well, I guess turns out nobody in the world had that idea for name, so... And it is cool. at Jedi Raj, R-O-G, yep. which yep. could be Rog. If yeah. You, no. If you want to be pedantic, yes, it's possible. <laughs> it's like whether you say Jif or Gif, you know? Right, 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 right. I'm mm. a Jif guy, so... <laughs> Peanut butter as well, aren't you? Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> so creamy. PBJs all day. Creamy or chunky peanut butter, my friend? You know, I could go for both. I can go for both, too. It does yeah. depend on the mood. I, I lean more to the chunk, the super yeah. chunk. Yeah, chunk chunk is good. Yeah. Gives you a little texture. I like that texture. It's not often that I say that. <laughs> I'm the guy who puts salsa in a blender, so. Oh, well. <laughs> Which I'm sure offends you very, very deeply. I'll let it slide. I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, so he is at Jedi Raj on Twitter and Instagram. This show is also on social media. We are at Tomcast underscore Popcast on Twitter, at the Tomcast underscore Popcast on Instagram. You can email the show at TomcastPopcast at gmail.com. And finally, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast to join up and become an official member of Pophead Nation. That's where you get all the cool special bonus episodes of the show, just like our current Patreons do. Like the Aspen Hill Chody, the Squidmaster General Brian Broussard, and the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Neal. He's also on the Ringing Ear podcast. They're on a on a break right now. They're they they do seasons for their show. Oh really? Yeah. So they're they're on a bit of a hiatus right now, which means we can all get caught up on that excellent podcast. Nice. And uh, I may have to track him down. I had an idea for our podcast, but I might need a music man, so he might be joining us soon. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully. Uh, also, finally, please subscribe to this show on whatever platform you're listening. Most likely Apple Podcast. That seems to be the the flavor of. of Everyone. <laughs> the Cherry Garcia of podcasting formats. Sure. Everybody wants a, wants a piece. And uh, leave us a five-star review because that would be super, super helpful. So a quick programming note. Uh, when Roger got here, he informed me that episode 71 had some errors in it. <laughs> There's a couple. So a quick edit, and now there's a new version of episode 71 available to you. If you listen to it already, you got to hear some behind-the-scenes stuff as well, like <laughs> me wrestling my dogs and <laughs> <laughs> things like that. But they have been taken out, so now you now have a collector's item in, in episode 71 if you still have that on your phone. That's true. <laughs> I'll send it over, we'll autograph it for you and send it right back to you. I think that's how it works, right? I think so. Digital yeah, it's like vinyl. They just you press it out, send it in a self-addressed stamped envelope, and we'll get it back to you autographed. Free shipping and handling. Free shipping. Yeah, we got you. Yeah. We got you. <laughs> Roger, uh, to kind of we kind of have an interesting show today. It's gonna be a little different, a little odd, a little unusual. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be, we'll be kind of chewing the fat of the of the pop culture world because uh, they didn't give us a lot of meat this week. It's true. We're, uh, we're with the leftovers. Yeah, we got the gristle. <laughs> yeah. A lot of gristle to chew on this week. So we're, we're going to be, we're, we're gonna be uh, 
uh, nourishing ourselves on the uh, remains. Sure. <laughs> but, I mean, that's where the flavor comes from. So, But, but for, for, to open the show, I have a question yes. from a listener. This is a question from, from Tom in San Diego. Oh, wow. He's a longtime listener. Pretty cool, good cool. dude. I like him. Uh, he wants to know, would you rather live for the rest of your life with horrendous death breath mm. or every time you fart, people think someone died? This as, is a tough one. As in the fart sounds like someone's the death smell. scream? The, the, oh. The scent. The, okay, yes. So hmm. both scent-related questions, but do you want it coming from which orifice do you want to have to live with? Uh, you know what? I think it makes more sense for the fart because you can control when you fart for the most part. And I'm a poet and I didn't even know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the breath, you got to breathe, man. That's right. You can't hold back the breath. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, when I thought about this, I was, yeah, I was, I, was, I this is the tra- you, you were on the train of thought that I had about mm. this, about this topic because yes. I was like, you know what? I know me. Yeah. Sometimes the digestive system. You've been having a lot of IPAs one night, you know. And sure. IPA farts are a thing, and uh, you know, very true. That's when you, you you excuse yourself from the room, from the general area, the vicinity of people. <laughs> But if you have the bad breath, I mean, that's just coming out no matter what. You yeah, can't control you're, that. You're just done. Yeah. You know, that's a bad time for everyone. That's, that is a bad time for everyone. <laughs> fair, fair point. And plus, if you fart and it smells like someone died, you could say, oh, man, something must have died in here. And oh, just like you, in Tombstone. Yeah, and now you have an excuse. <laughs> but then don't you have to try and find the body? Well, I mean, leave it up to them. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> you're not a cop. You're fine. <laughs> This isn't CSI living room. Get somebody, out of here. Somebody call the police. Somebody <laughs> farted in here. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, that was a fun opening number. I, we may never play that game again. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if we're going to take any more listener requests, but <laughs> I don't know about this Tom guy. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, may have to have a chit-chat with him. Uh, Roger, we are starting the show with a lovely beer because... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll get more into the story, but why don't you share what we have today? So today, we have... Pizza Port Brewing's Surfari. It's a India Pale Ale, as it's uh, nicely referred to. Also IPA for those who like shorthand. Oh uh, yes. This one's running at seven point two percent, so it's a, uh, it's up there. We we like our uh, post seven IPAs. So on this one, we got our hops as Nelson, Southern Cross, Crystal, and Centennial. So centennial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this one, oh, it's a, forgot to mention, it is a very clear Pratt-approved clarity. The Pratt-approved clarity is, is back in the house. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a thing for, for us on the show. Yeah, and you know, I've been needing one of these, you know? I, you know, I think you're right. It's always, there's never a bad time to have a Pizza Port beer, mm-hmm. specifically a Pizza Port IPA. That I, I don't think you can go wrong. Nope. I, I, I may have shared the story in the in the past, but someone once complained to me that Pizza Port beers all taste the same, and I was like, "You mean you mean delicious? Uh, that's terrible. You're right. That, that fucking sucks." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a that's a bad thing. I, I do think that there are definitely some breweries that you have a beer and you're like, "Oh, this is definitely from there." I remember I had a conversation once with a guy. We're like having a beer. I think we were doing like a blind taste or something, and the guy was like, "You know, this tastes like Virgin." And you're like, yeah, you know, it does. It has a virgin quality to it. Yeah. And so, and it was. It was spot on. But um, needless to say, it was a great beer. But uh, yeah, it's it's not a bad thing to taste like something that that brewery produces. It just means they have a certain 
quality or texture that they always kind of go for. Yeah, you know, perhaps there there's a, a kind of a not like <laughs> the word I was going to say I don't want to use anymore. <laughs> I was going to say like a proprietary hopping technique, but that doesn't make any sense. Probably not. <laughs> But, but something you along know, those lines. Some yeah, breweries tend to like a lot of the same hot varietals, and they mm-hmm. kind of build around those varietals. And sure. you know, I think it's reasonable to assume the pizza port, being uh, as invested in the IPA, being as in in San Diego as long as they have been, they have developed a, a flavoring that people are familiar with. But their beers are still very, very different. Yeah. Especially when you go there, you get a couple slices, some beer buddies. Oh yeah. And you work your way through a couple of different samplers. Samplers, you can, you will be able to distinguish your IPAs from each other. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I don't think it's a difficult thing. I think each one has its unique character to it. They do have a, a similar quality, but it's kind of just like like we're talking about. That's not a bad thing. It just means they're going for a certain quality in their beer. Right. Now, I, d- I do have to put Roger on the spot for a second here because uh, uh, um, I don't think it's the most recent episode of Beer Night in San Diego, but okay. the one prior to the most recent episode of Beer Night in San Diego, uh-huh. I, I took a I took a bold and daring stand, <laughs> and uh, did. it might be somewhat of a controversial take, <laughs> where I I uh, and I, you know what maybe I'm wrong and maybe history will judge me poorly <laughs> on this stand that I but I'm willing to die on this hill. All right, I do not care for your stupid hazy milkshake IPAs. Sure. Particularly, yeah, particularly the hazy milkshake IPAs. Yeah. The sour ones aren't great either, but sometimes there is a unique combination that does seem to work for me. Yeah. But Strangely I don't enough. care. I don't mm-hmm. care. Stop it. <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I crazy? Am I nuts? No, I I definitely agree. I, I think too many, too many good breweries are building themselves on these just hypey trends, and I don't really think that there's a lot of really great hazy milkshake you know this additive that additive beer that like is something you would want more than like a taster of you know Mm -hmm. i think people are just kind of like going after it because it's the the beer of the week you know it's something new something crazy and and it makes good instagram pictures but you know I, i think i've always just been in maybe one sense behind the curve i mean i got into you know the beer world right probably around when the uh, fruited IPAs were really kicking up. Everybody and their mom was making a grapefruit, watermelon, this or that. And I was just like, I had just gotten into it and I was just getting the enjoyment from stuff like Pliny for the first time, you know? Right. And I'm like, oh, these like piney, resinous, super bitter beers. These are amazing. And then everybody's moving towards these like super like sweet and especially with all the guys that are using extract and that kind of stuff. You're just like, oh man, these are terrible in comparison. But they were the biggest, hypiest thing. So I felt like, you know, I never really gave those a shot. And then right after that, before, you know, that really kind of went out of style, Hazy started kicking up. And then that was another thing where I'm like, well, I don't get it. Now, <laughs> now I get it a little more because certain breweries you know, started making really good ones. You know, I think at the beginning, there was maybe one or two that were maybe even more along the lines of unfiltered. Right. People started trying to get that look, and then we had the whole add flour and all this oh, extra boy. yeasty, and you just feel like, you just feel terrible, and it looks like, you know, milk orange juice. And you're like, this this doesn't look great. This isn't even beer anymore to me. <laughs> so I I definitely agree. I'm not not about these super 
crazy, add lactose, add all this other stuff. Because at the end of the day, you want to have a, a crisp, refreshing beer. You know? that, that's how I feel about it. Now, yeah. if, if you do happen to be a person who enjoys these styles, I'm not trying to uh, be derisive or, or derogatory towards you as, as Roger spills his beer a little bit. I got too excited, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you need a napkin or something? That's uh, on the mat. I'm okay. That's why. That's, that's what it's there for. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm not if you're, if you're into them, that's cool, man. Be into your stuff. I'm just, I just, I think I'm just kind of done with yeah. experimenting, trying those particular styles you know i i I kind of rubbed up against the fact that like it really bothered me that like i I finally found a style of beer that i just didn't care for Mm -hmm. normally that's not a thing for me i'm like i'll try all of it i like all of it same here and i was like now i'm like i don't i don't want to try anymore (laughs) maybe not i don't don't want to be a pirate yeah but i mean proof is wrong if you think that there's one out there that we need to definitely try that's going to change our mind let us know yeah if 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 you have a recommendation that's that's one thing, but yeah. I'm not going to be blindly purchasing sure. it anymore. Yeah, we're not just going to be like, oh, it's this week's new lactose infused coffee right, sour right, right. milkshake IPA, you know. <laughs> well, and speaking of, of beer night in San Diego, I had to miss this past week's episode. I came down with another cold yet again. Um, so I want to give everyone a heads up if if I have to, if you hear like the pitter patter of footsteps as I run away from the microphone, <laughs> it's, it's so that I can go cough somewhere. And when that happens, uh, Roger is going to read from a book of poetry that he brought with him yes. today. So he will regale us with uh, his basically like his dream journal in poetry form. Yeah, it's my uh, rendition of Yeats. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. That'll be amazing. So I, I do an advance warning if, <laughs> if you start hearing <laughs> coughing fits in the background and you're like, why is Roger doing poetry? <laughs> that, that may happen today. Uh, <laughs> This show's already off the rails, and we're only 15 <laughs> minutes into it. But that's, that's kind of about par for the course. Sure. That's what you guys are here for. <laughs> that's, that's what you're paying like great money for. Oh, boy. Uh, did I have anything else I wanted to get into before we kind of dive into the show? That probably covers up most of it. Yeah, all the <laughs> the pre-show warning stuff. about the coughing, yeah. Roger's poetry, <laughs> <laughs> my, my declaration against anti, uh, anti-milkshake IPAs. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, Roger... Uh, there was a big game this past weekend. Oh, was there? Were you able to watch? Actually, no. What? Yeah, I was. Uh, actually used that opportunity to cross the border coming up here, and it was amazing. There were no cars. <laughs> I just literally crossed right through. I'm like, everyone else is watching the game. I'll use this chance to cross. And it worked to my advantage. What did you end up doing? I ended up just, I mean, just in the time that it took to get from there to here, I got here and the game was pretty much almost over. I'm like, I don't even feel like watching it anymore. I was kind of bummed, but it happens. Well, you should have come over. I had plenty of beer (laughs) because uh, what we're drinking is the remnants of my excessive beer purchases for a party of two. (laughs) I don't don't know what happened. It it all got away from me so quickly. I mean, it looks like a good party, though. (laughs) We had so much food and beer and there was two of us here. You had to share with the dogs, right? (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was, it was bad, <laughs> but good at the same time. Yeah, it's the best kind of party. <laughs> well, you know the 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 Super Bowl's kind of become like a big pop culture phenomenon, even sure. if you're not a fan of football necessarily. You know, you want to watch it for the ads and the commercials and stuff like that. And uh, the last bu- bunch of years, I felt like the commercials were a big letdown. But this year, sure. there there were a few gems in there. One of my favorites was. Uh, was Bill Murray redo, yeah. recreating the Groundhog Day commercial. <laughs> that uh, was pretty good. I enjoyed Sam Elliott's uh, dancing mustache, things mm-hmm. like that, I, you know. But uh, for our specific needs on this, on this 
podcast. Yes. The the thing we have to talk about that Disney Plus commercial. Oh yeah. Now you saw it, right? You've seen yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. I, I definitely went back and watched all the relevant commercials. Yeah. It, it just kind of, they just kind of snuck it out there. Oh yeah. It was just like, like oh and here they're like you go. hey look Disney Plus oh yeah and here's three Marvel shows fuckers <laughs> We're like, like, oh oh gimme 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 so yeah we got our first looks at actual footage from the Falcon and Winter Soldier mm-hmm. from Wandavision yep. from Loki. And uh, my brain was sufficiently melted. Oh, yeah. How about yours? <laughs> yeah, very much so. That was great. Yeah. It's just like a nice little tease. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping that maybe, like, the day after Super Bowl, we get, like, a full-fledged Cap, uh, Cap uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer. Sure. But we're still we're still nine months out. Yeah. No, well, eight months at this point. Uh, <laughs> no, God, seven. Jesus. <laughs> Time's flying. We, in, this, in this very podcast, we've gone from nine months to seven. We're, right before our eyes. We're killing it. But information did come out this week that oh, yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to debut in August. Okay. Mandalorian Season 2 will be in October. All right. WandaVision in November. And then Loki is targeted for early 2021. Okay, so we still got to wait a little more. For we got a little wait. But all, like that, uh, that, that six bucks we're paying every month for Disney Plus is... Uh, it's gonna start paying off in big time here in the in the summer. Oh yeah, we're gonna be paying some paychecks. <laughs> what, what what was your initial reaction to the to the footage? Like, start with we'll start with 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 uh, Winter Soldier and, and and Falcon. Moving along, yeah, you know, I I did like the structure of it. Kind of felt like everything was a little more like intertwined mm-hmm. the way they did it. Um, so you kind of didn't know. I mean, obviously you knew from the characters like this is Wandavision, this is Falcon Winter Soldier, you know, but. Uh, they kind of just drop little tidbits here and there. And I don't know, it, it, I feel like it all went by so fast. I was just like... Oh, I, it was quick hit after quick hit. Oh, yeah, sure. like you got a couple action shots. You got a couple what the heck's going on kind of shots. And then you're just like, huh. <laughs> no, I mean, it was the... I mean, it was... It, I think it's got to be the, like the premier definition of teaser. Yeah. I mean, you just... It's just like these little tastes. It's like, right in the buds. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. You know, yeah. like, oh, give me more, give me more. They're like, no, you wait. <laughs> like, oh. I think it was a really well done trailer because it definitely got us got us pretty hyped for it with minimal footage, and that's kind of approach I like to see these days. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed the lessons more, mm-hmm. and I, I think I think it's a lesson that that Marvel uh, slash Disney learned kind of the hard way. Sure. Because I, I think when Avengers two um, when Avengers two Age of Ultron came out, mm. that was a film that I had seen so much of before it came Just out. The trailers. Yeah. That I just was sat in the theaters like saw it. <laughs> saw it. Show me something cool. Nope, not that yeah, time. That was the worst. Then they got a lot better about that. You know, like those, you know, oh, here's a two minute clip. They, they stopped doing those. Sure. Especially because the movies became more secretive, too, which is oh, always yeah. nice. And then they, they give you, like, oh, look at this scene. And then, oh, actually, that doesn't even happen in the movie. But I don't know how you don't get excited. <laughs> I mean, they, they open with. With with Sam, yeah, with the shield, chucking the shield into a tree, yeah, just, just practicing, practicing throwing yeah. the shield. I was like, oh, that's such a cool shot. If that doesn't get you going, I don't know what does. That was really cool. There's just a couple of quick hits of him and and uh, Bucky, yeah, and then we flash over to Wandavision, which is going to be like this crazy surreal wild show. Yeah, I really don't know where they're going with that, but uh, it looks uh, cool. It looks very very cool. I will be uh, spending time in the near future, very near future, reading mm-hmm. the, the comic series that, that the show's going to be based on. on. Okay. Uh, so hopefully I'll get back to you guys with, with a little bit more information on it. Yes. Um, but that show is, is supposedly going to tie very, very heavily into the new Doctor Strange film, The the Multiverse mm-hmm. of Madness. Interesting. And uh, I, it has been announced that, that uh, Wanda, a.k.a. the Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. which WandaVision will be the first time we get to hear Scarlet Witch. Oh. 
That's um, true. Yeah, we've never heard her. Yeah, name so that that's going to come up in in the One Division show. But she Funny. will be co-starring with with Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange in the new Multiverse of Madness thing. And I assume oh, really? this has a lot to do with her her uh, powers. You know, her kind of reality warping powers mm. that one is known for for doing and having and possessing that were only kind of teased. Yeah. In the Avengers films, mm. uh, Wanda is an extremely powerful character. Oh yeah. And we've, we've, we've only gotten tastes of it. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to start to explore that a bit more with the WandaVision show and then, I guess, ultimately in uh, Doctor Strange 2. Yeah. That's going to be really cool. But th- that show just looks like it has such a unique flavor to it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, just like the, like the little snippets, like the different iterations of each character, like their, their, their different costuming and the different yeah. facial expressions, like the, the, the sitcom-y kind of vibe at some of the scenes. <laughs> I mean, the, the flashes were unreal. Like, that show... Yeah, we got to see her in her original costume. Original costume. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And then like a Leave it to Beaver-esque kind of mo- motif as well. I mean, it, yeah, it, this show is going to be wild. You know, if it's anywhere as trippy as like Legion is. Now, okay, let, let's, let's, let's put a pin into the Disney Plus thing real quick. Let, let's talk about Legion. Yeah. How far did you make it into Legion? Did you finish it? No, I got through like season two. I, I felt like a dummy watching it because I was like, I don't know what's happening. Oh, yeah. No, that was kind of the thing. I like, I think I only got maybe three-fourths through season two because it just got to the point where, like, you know, I like to watch my shows, you know, after the, after the kids gone to bed, after a few drinks with right. the missus and just kind of chilling at home. And it got to the point where I'm like, did I miss something? Like, what's happening this episode? <laughs> I, I really liked the show. I really enjoyed the first season. I was able to kind of get my teeth into it a little bit more. Yeah. When season two came out, um, I was kind of watching it, you know, like I'd w- one episode here, and then mm-hmm. I'd watch the next one a couple weeks later. But I, I, it didn't, it never really gelled for me. Sure. So it, it was a show I planned on going back to. Yeah. Because visually, I loved what they what they, what they were doing. Oh yeah. The it style was so was great. interesting to look at, mm-hmm. and, and just to kind of like process what was going on. It was just visually captivating. And, and the actors are fantastic uh-huh. in that series. So it, it is a show I want to go back to. But yeah, I definitely felt completely overwhelmed watching season two i was like i don't know what's going on anymore uh plus i love the fact that the show used uh uh shadow king mm-hmm. as yeah. a villain who's like p- possibly one of my favorite x-men villains that really? no one's ever given any love to <laughs> that's true he, he hasn't seen much this is probably like his first real no i used to you know back in back in like the late 80s early 90s there was a ton of great x villains mm-hmm. that i really really enjoyed and they would get like little hints of them in the cartoon or whatever like that but uh, in the in the late '90s and the early aughts, when when it was just like we're gonna take the X Men for all they're worth, yeah. <laughs> and they just like ruined everybody. Like yeah. Apocalypse used to be awesome, then he became like just watered down ham. <laughs> and it's like ugh, ruined him too. Yeah, Shadow King's kind of been the one character that no one really seems to know what to do with because yeah. I mean he's just like telekinetic energy, sure, which I guess is hard to <laughs> put on a comic page sometime that makes a lot of sense but uh the mind battle theme between him and david it's a really good theme yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like i said it is a show i want to revisit and uh, uh, uh i guess i guess fox slash disney now is, is mm. going to be going more in on their deal with hulu yeah. so all the, all the shows are going to be available on hulu very very soon oh, if not good. already uh which means i better turn my hulu back on <laughs> <laughs> Three months is almost up. But we'll get there. All right, let's take that pin back out. And uh, again, it was just a little flash. Yeah. But Hiddleston, back as yes. Loki, and he's starting to burn it all to the ground. Yeah. Is it because they took his red stapler? It might be. I think it has to be. <laughs> now, there's a rumor online. I don't know how much stock I put into it, but apparently like the kind of like prison garb he was wearing in that mm-hmm. shot 
is like the Marvel Time Police. Mm. I'm not putting much faith in that theory, though. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a stretch, but maybe. You never know. All right. So, again, we, we, we shared the dates. Those were announced at a, a kind of like a, a, a shareholders mm-hmm. meeting that Bob Iger was doing and where he's announcing all these timelines and time frames. Good and old Bobby. One of the things that's interesting is he mentioned uh, that there are seven Marvel shows in development. We are w- aware of at least five. At least, yes. So there is some wild speculation as to what the next two are. Uh, one one site claims that there is supposed to be like a, a Marvel documentary series coming out. Okay. So that would seem to be what the sixth is, but then what's the seventh? Yeah. And with Marvel taking back all their toys from Marvel TV, there's been a lot of speculation. It's like, is this why Ghost Rider got canceled? Mm-hmm. Is this why, Daredevil. you know, Daredevil and those yeah. things? So there's a lot of rumors. Uh, one that seems to be persistent, seems to be a very popular rumor, is that mm-hmm. they might use Disney Plus as a way to launch Nova. That Which, would be interesting. That would be pretty cool. The Human Rocket debuting on Disney Plus, and then possibly, well, I don't know what the time frame would be, uh, in, unless they're doing this again in the real big secret, secret, secret. Because uh, that would make a lot of sense. Lean up to Guardians Three. Sure. But yeah. I don't know. If they, I don't know if they can make that work that fast. Yeah, seems like a tight, tight schedule. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Nova's been a dream of mine for a long, long time. So we'll see if it ever <laughs> comes to fruition. Yeah, you know, I mean, they were really trying to hype Nova as a character for a while, too. I know he was also in a Marvel vs. Capcom 3, mm-hmm. and all the characters in MVC 3 were in the Avengers movies. Right. You know, they, they hyped up, you know, Rocket, Doctor Strange, and these were all characters that, at the time, weren't anywhere near as popular as they are now. You know, they're huge now because they've been in all the Marvel movies, but the only one we hadn't seen that they were kind of pushing was Nova. So, I don't know, maybe there's some credence to that. I, I, I do kind of sort of feel like Nova might be the next big property, comic book-wise, that hasn't really been tapped into just yet. Yeah. Um, there's also some speculation that I thought was interesting. Hmm. Because of the Hawkeye show, um, and, you know, depending on how things, how things go with Captain Winter Soldier, hmm. or Captain Winter Soldier, jeez, I keep saying Captain Winter Soldier, <laughs> I guess we know Falcons become Cap. I yeah, mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty obvious. That's Let's true. cut to the choice, people. <laughs> um, there's a little bit of speculation that maybe they will do like a Young Avengers series hmm. on Disney+, Plus, which could be interesting as well. And because because uh, we have Scott Lang's daughter as a teenager now, after sure. the events of Endgame, and she's a member of that, that team as well. Oh, okay. So you'll get the Kate Bishop Hawkeye, you get the Cassie Lang, and then you can slowly introduce some of the other characters through some of the other Disney Plus series, and then maybe they all come together. Again, that one's a bit more out of the yeah, dark. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a little further out, I think, but that'd be pretty cool. It'd be wild. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we're just <laughs> we're just throwing darts here. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a big Disney dartboard. Maybe it's be Spider-Ham. I don't know. <laughs> Always down for more Spider-Man. The Nick Cage Spider-Man Noir show. <laughs> that would be the best Nick Cage property to date the wind tastes like rain be so good oh man um Roger yes you're here I am which means you didn't get tickets for Birds of Prey tonight (sighs) (laughs) yeah I had almost put it out of my mind but yeah neither of us got tickets to that literally I got the email I think Saturday morning and uh at I think ten thirty four, I checked at ten thirty seven. They were gone. So uh, if anyone's listening to this at the Mission Valley, uh, was it AMC? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that there might just be a fire yeah. in, in the theater. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, maybe we shouldn't put that. Out uh, that you know, be. well, I I take claim for all my acts of terrorism. <laughs> so uh, yeah, terrorism. call me the Sand Spider. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're missing out on Birds of Prey tonight, but it, it's it's the, the they're doing that DC Universe preview shows. There's one last night, one tonight. Yeah. Movie hits theaters on Friday. Uh, do you have plans to see it this weekend? This weekend, probably. Uh, if it's if it's out south of the border, I forgot to check the the dates on it. I think it should be the same though. So if it is, I'll probably check it out on Saturday. But very yeah, nice. That's very the nice. plan. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't quite have plans to go see it just yet, but I do want to go see it soon. Mm-hmm. It is possible. <laughs> I will see it this weekend. Okay. Fingers crossed. We'll see how it goes. Um, it is out. It's getting very favorable reviews, very strong reviews so far. Yeah, here it's pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what to say because we're talking about a movie that neither of us have seen yet. Yeah. But where's your excitement level? A scale of 1 to 10, how are you feeling? Right now, I think I'm at a solid 7, 7 to 8. Yeah. Now, what is your familiarity with the characters in the, in the, in the film are we, or in the comic book of Birds, Birds of Prey in general? Uh, you know, I, I've never read the Birds of Prey comic. I'm familiar with each of the characters on their own. Okay. You know? I... Obviously, you know, Huntress, uh, she actually played a big part in a lot of the Grayson comics that I was into, but that was her post-Huntress days. What? Okay, this might be a spoiler for anyone, but I don't know I don't know how far <laughs> right people are going back to read Nightwing nowadays. Sure. But it's, in, I don't know if in the New 52 or in Rebirth, mm-hmm. um, do, uh, do do Dick Grayson and, and, uh, and uh, what's his name, Bertinelli, Bertinelli, uh, Helena. Helena Bertinelli, yeah. yeah. Do they do they have a they, they have sexual a, history? A, a thing, yeah. They have a thing for sure. So uh, yeah, there's definitely some some stuff that goes on there. Um, I think it's more so when he's in you know his Grayson persona, his Agent Thirty Seven. Because yeah, because my familiarity with the, with the Birds of Prey mostly comes pre New Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. So you know pre Rebirth, pre New Fifty Two. Yeah. Back in the back in the back in my classic DC Universe days. Um, that that team mostly consisted of, of Oracle and, yeah, and Black Harvard, Canary. Yeah. Huntress was a part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Not much of a Harley Quinn presence, but you know we we roll with it. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Harley came much later, and I guess she replaced Barbara. I don't know why, but you know. Well, um, because they did away with her Oracle persona when they did, when they did New Fifty Two and they did Rebirth. You know, sure. Barbara was back as Batgirl. Yeah, which. I, I mean, has its pros and cons. She was yeah. great as Oracle. I, yeah. I think she's Oracle in the, in the Arkham Silent games, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my familiarity with, with these characters. Um, obviously, in this film, they're not very costumey. Yeah, which is, you know, like we both talked about, that was kind of a disappointing aspect to mm-hmm. it. I'm hoping there's a reason for it, maybe. I'm curious to see what they do with because I know I know Cassandra Kane will be mm-hmm. one of the characters and she was she was Batgirl at one point in in, yeah. the, in the comic books. We've uh, never seen her as young as she is in the movie, which is kind of strange. No, and she was she was a, a character trained by the League of Assassins. Yeah, too. So she was kind of like a very deadly Batgirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who else have we got? We have Renee Montoya. Renee Montoya, yeah. Which to me is the character that I'm a little bit the most nervous to see be, this iteration of her. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure Rosie Perez does just fine sure. in, in the role. Um, but Renee's one of those characters like Harley Quinn mm-hmm. who graduated from the animated series into yeah. Batman continuity and became a detective in the GCPD mm-hmm. and uh, assumed a fairly large role, you know, as one of, uh, you know, Jim Gordon's go-to detectives. And 
uh, at one point too also graduated to become a superhero in her own right where she when she became the question, the, the question yeah. which was a fan, phenomenal fantastic story mm-hmm. which I don't know how much of that's still in continuity but I, I'm gonna yeah, figure that yeah. out soon I'm not sure I'm not sure so so we'll figure that out we'll, yeah. we'll get that continuity scored away. It, you know I'm, I'm not great with my New 52 rebirth <laughs> continuities it's all good uh, so that's the that's the character that I'm kind of protective of in in mm-hmm. a sense because I do love the way that she was treated in the comic books. Yeah. Uh, particularly uh, a specific writer writer named Greg Rucka mm-hmm. did such a fantastic job of kind of developing her. I believe he was the one who brought her from the animated series and made her a detective and, and oh, okay. kind of like just took the character on as like a personal like I don't know. <laughs> it just became like, kind of like his voice in a, in a lot of ways. And it was sure. like, I'm going to make this character so badass, people are going to love her no matter what. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the, adding to the Batman universe and having a character stick is kind of like the dream of a comic book writer. Yeah. You know? It's like, I know that they've tried with so many characters over the years, and certain ones stick, certain ones not so much. But. Well, and it, it, at the same time that, that uh, Rucka was doing this with, with Renee, turning her into the question, mm-hmm. he turned another detective that he sort of brought along not from the animated series but mm-hmm. you know kind of this random detective that was in the books for a long time but no one really done anything with this uh christmas allen character mm-hmm. and eventually christmas allen became the new specter oh wow again which i don't think is continuity anymore yeah i wasn't even aware so uh, I, I mean they were doing some fun stuff at dc for you know and then they <laughs> then they did that new 52 thing and it, like drove me nuts but <laughs> that's you know that's okay because i know you're a new 52 guy that got you into a lot of books and that's what it was designed to do. Sure, yeah. It gave me a good jumping off point. I was like, oh, all these things just restarted. Yeah, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> and I fell down the rabbit hole quite quickly. Yeah, fair enough. So <laughs> so I am excited. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about... I think the movie overall is, is, is going to be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel pretty positive about that. Like I said, I'm a little protective of Renee because I feel like sure. I went on the journey with her. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure what I'm going to get from this this iteration. But yeah. I can roll with it. I seem to be the one guy who can roll with different iterations of characters. Yeah. I'm not the guy who uh, decides to have a meltdown because Superman's a little bit different in Man of Steel than he is in the <laughs> the the, the uh, Christopher Reeve Superman films. Sure. I'm not that guy. <laughs> I can understand. Like, well, this is a new version. I'll just go with this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's understandable. Oh, I'm so sick of those people. If you're a rational person, it's understandable. <laughs> That's not how comic book fans do it, man. Come on, Roger. Jesus. What, are you yeah. new here? Yeah, I guess not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I learned my place. <laughs> what place is that? Um, First place. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh, well, like I said, it seems like the movie's on track to do pretty, pretty darn well at the box office this weekend. And uh, hopefully before we reconvene next week, we'll get a chance to... We'll have both seen it. Yeah, hopefully. If all goes well, fingers crossed, guys. Yeah, we'll see how lazy I am this week. <laughs> if I'm like, I don't want to leave the house, I'm tired. Which happens a lot. You know, we're, <laughs> we're getting to that point. <laughs> uh, it recently came out also that uh, the Superman and Lois show that'll be on the CW mm-hmm. in, in the near future, uh, they're, they, this, is, this is Superman and Lois Lane <laughs> raising their super children in a super, super world. Uh, it's been decided that their t- their children are teenagers. Oh, so it's going to be like in the future then. I guess so. All right. How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, it works. You know, it's. I mean, it is the CW. Teen drama makes the most sense, I suppose. Ah, uh, yeah. That's uh, that's kind of the the one thing I was worried about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh, you know, maybe maybe we'll have a 
a good, uh, wholesome family show of teaching the values of being Superman to kids. Nope. No, no. <laughs> they're, they're going to be angsty teens with the power of Superman. <laughs> uh, they do seem like they're not going to... They does seem like they will have very different personalities, hmm. which I'm sure will ensue with lots of, uh, <sighs> you know... Dramatic differences. Sure. As it does. I <laughs> As suppose. it does. I just, uh, one, one of the biggest things is like, I really want them to nail the writing for the kids because I feel like in so many shows that try to portray teenage children, it's just so angsty trope after trope and just eye rolling this and that. And you're just like, oh, this is exhausting. Like, I don't like this in real life. Why would I deal with this in fake <laughs> yeah, life? You know? I, I'll be honest. I'm a, I'm a little. I was, I was pretty interested in, in this show initially. Yeah. Um, I was okay with the idea of younger kids. I'm not sure how I feel about teens. Yeah. I don't know if I need a new version of Archie. Yeah, you know, it's it's very particular because there there's two different ways I feel to write like a teenage character. It's like like I said, you have the the tropey, angsty, you know, hates everything kind of teen, and then you have the one where you're actually analyzing the struggle of trying to find yourself at that age, you know, trying to figure yourself out and really like how they're coping with it as opposed to how everybody else views a teenager, you know? Well, it'll be interesting to see how they strike the balance between sure. the, the teen drama stuff with, with the kids and then obviously Superman and, and Lois's relationship, yeah. Superman's heroism, yeah. how that's going to work out. Um, I, I, I reference it again. It, uh, it's a show I really ought to catch up on, but the, that first season of Black Lightning, mm-hmm. I thought struck a really good balance yeah, definitely. Uh, between following Jefferson and then following each of his daughters mm-hmm. and then following the, the, the uh, not necessarily the adventures, but like what his wife was doing at the same time. Sure. They struck a really good balance of giving all these characters uh, a fairly equal time you know, some more than others, depending on the episode and whatnot like that. Yeah. But it all, but it all kind of came together. Mm-hmm. So if they can kind of achieve that with this show, there, there's hope for it, I think. Yeah, I think they're they're on track for it. If they, if they can, you know, meet or exceed Black Lightning level of, you know, character development, I think they're on good Be, track. Because you, we can't dismiss the fact that this, this is a family superhero show. There's already one of those on TV. I don't think it's really being talked about enough. <laughs> and Black Lightning was here first. That's true. That's <laughs> and is well true. into his third season, and he's kicking ass. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, regretfully, I, I haven't watched as much of it as I would like to, but I definitely want to sit down and give it another shot. You know, it was... <laughs> so I was, I'm going to bring up something with you mm-hmm. in a second, but I had to go onto the CW website, Yeah. and I had totally forgotten about their animation stuff. Mm, Did you yeah. know this entire Deathstroke animated show to watch? Yeah, yeah I, I saw that, and then I just... They, they must advertise it the first week it came out, and then I heard nothing more about right. it. Right. Now I'm like, oh, shit. I wonder if I should just watch this on the website or something. <laughs> it looks kind of cool. I it, mean, The like, animation looks pretty good. Yeah, the animation looks good. and Destro's a character I'm a big fan of. Yeah, and, and it looks like they're playing him, you know, not so much anti-hero as kind of just like a guy doing his job, which is really probably the best form of Deathstroke. He, yeah. I don't think he should be like somebody you want to aspire to be he you should see his character understand his character but no he's doing what's best for him yeah yeah Yeah. um i was gonna say something about venom but i'm not sure i should anymore (laughs) (laughs) you know now i feel like i'm not as plugged into the marvel universe as i used to be for comics sure but the fact that venom's running around as an avenger now is just bizarre to me (laughs) 
Then like, again, so is Conan. So what do I know? You know? Yes, and that is Conan the Barbarian. For anyone not clear, not Conan O'Brien. Yeah, Conan I'll, the Barbarian sure is an Avenger. Great Avenger. <laughs> He's tall enough. <laughs> what kind of Avenger is Conan? He get, kills everybody. Well, you know, there, there's a time and a place for everything. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm very curious to explore uh, Marvel's Conan stuff at, at some point. Uh, I'm not that, there yet, though. That would kind of be an interesting dive, not going to lie. Just kind of like that super campy, barbarian, old school vibe, you know. You know, I'm, I'm, do, I'm working on a, on a project. I'm gonna, uh, this is going to be for a, uh, a, pop, a TomCast podcast uh, a special thing that I'm going to do down the road. Ooh, uh, but I'm, I'm looking into... Marvel just did a new thing with their 2099 books, and there was a Conan 2099. <laughs> that was so far was the best one I've read of the lot. Seriously? But, yeah, but I mean, wow. it's just it's just wild. I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I can kind of buy this. It kind of plays on Conan mythology, but in the Marvel way. In the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is it okay? <laughs> My mind is like warped in many. Essentially, there's a curse put on him. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And he is. He he will never die until this certain prophecy is fulfilled. But he's haunted by uh, the spirit of Morgan Le Fay, who's a, mm-hmm. a, a villain of the Avengers. Yeah. So they kind of like cross the two things together. Okay. Which Morgan Le Fay in Conan makes kind of a, a fair amount of sense. She's a witch, and Conan kills witches. That's mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So there's this kind of like immortality curse that he deals mm-hmm. with, and then uh, the the book deals with him resolving that immortality curse, <laughs> and then you know what happens to Conan next, and. Uh, I won't spoil it yet. We'll save it for that special that I'm working on. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to think, like, you know, Conan, loincloth Conan in the future next to a bunch of flying cars. It's a fancier loincloth. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> It's a metallic chrome loincloth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, while we're speaking of the CW shows, did, did you get a chance to finish Arrow? Uh, I didn't watch the last episode, but I've definitely seen a couple snippets here and there yeah yeah N- yeah namely the diggle scene right so the john diggle scene is probably the one that was the most people talking mm-hmm. which uh, uh we'll just spoiler it right now I mean, yeah spoiler warning if you haven't seen the last episode of arrow and you haven't heard everything that's been on the internet yeah pretty much everything <laughs> has been on the internet. as soon as you open up like collider.com it's like the first thing you see was like, yeah you know fan art diggle <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the end of arrow uh, uh diggle finds himself a green lantern ring yes Hoorah. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I think it was a long time coming. I think it was honest. a good, good kind of an end capper for the, for the character. Yeah. Potentially. Unless he does go over to that new Green Era, um, Green Lantern show <laughs> coming on to the, the Showtimes, cool. I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's going to be on HBO Max, I think. Is it HBO? H- I think it's like a Showtime show, but on HBO Max because they're all the same company. Yeah, I don't even know anymore. I can't keep track of just, this Just shit. put them all together, guys. Come on. <laughs> I don't know why it's not on CW, but probably because it's going to cost more money because you're in space. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they just need the bigger budget for, you know, Green Lantern powers and being in space. I'll give them that. Yeah. <laughs> and other, otherwise, they give uh, they give Oliver and, and Felicity a happy ending, and that's kind of all you really need to know about that. They okay. did use they did use the last episode as a way to bring back basically everybody who ever died on that show. Oh yeah, I think you were mentioning the, at the funeral all the people that had yeah, come like back, like Oliver's cool. mom is back, uh, Tommy's back, uh-huh. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, Detective uh, Quentin, Quentin, yeah, Quentin Lance is back. <laughs> you know, basically anybody who's been on the show sure. <laughs> for the last eight years. Well, that's cool. Back to life, and then for reasons we still don't know, uh, the two canaries are shifted to the future. <laughs> yeah, which is weird. So also. From that, so the canary on the show right now isn't the one that died 
in like what season four of Arrow? No, this is uh, the canary so, from uh, like Earth Two or something. Yeah, like the Black Siren. Black Siren. Yeah, that, the Black Siren character. So it's like, so he leaves the original, you know. Well, they do make fed. a. There is a reference to. Um, Ollie could probably uh, could only bring back the people whose deaths didn't. Uh, I forget the exact line. It was something like he could only undo the deaths that didn't like change him in some fundamental way. And I guess uh, Laurel's death changed him in some fundamental way. Yeah. Just like just like because uh, they look at at Robert Queen's grave as well, and and, mm. and Theo is like, why didn't he bring back Dad? And he's like. The mom's like who also came back to life. I guess gives her insight. He's like she, he probably couldn't, or else he would never have gone on this journey. So, <laughs> but I, you know, his mom died. Not a huge deal. No, and she seems to be rather aware of that fact. So I, <laughs> so, it, you know, it happens. It's it was very comic booky. I'll be, I'll, I'll give it that. Yeah, yeah, we'll give it that. <laughs> now, before we kind of get into like the final uh, segment of the show, I did want to mention it's it's not a show that we've really talked about ever on on the podcast, but I, I did want to give it a special shout out. Okay. Uh, last Thursday was the series finale of The Good Place, a show okay. that's been on NBC for four or five seasons. I think four, maybe five. Mm-hmm. Um, all the episodes are streaming on I think on the Netflix and on the Hulu's. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a thirty-minute sort of sitcom. Yeah. It was by far one of the smartest shows I've ever seen on television. Really? Okay. And it had one of the best uh, series finales I've ever seen. Wow. It was uh, top-notch from start to finish. It was a show that made me laugh insanely hard. Uh, and I just kind of want to give it a little shout-out. If anyone ha- has kind of been on the fence about checking that show out, I strongly recommend it. Uh, the first season is great. There's a good hook. Okay. You know, like you, you think you're watching one thing, and then you, you get the hook. Around the episode ten or twelve or whatever it is, and you're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> okay, okay. And then, you, then you're just you're you're off to the races. Interesting. And uh, it's it's funny too because uh, it, the only sitcoms don't end well. Yeah, I a, guess so. a, a lot of them stay on the air way too long. Kind of mm-hmm. they they kind of go past their prime, and then you get like a, a sort of lack lackluster final episode or whatever like that. The the one that popped in my into my mind mm-hmm. that was almost as good as this mm-hmm. was the Cheers finale. Mm-hmm. What's the common denominator? Ted Danson's on both. <laughs> there it is, folks. Ted Danson is the magic man from All Happy right. Land. He lives in a gumdrop house on Lollipop Lane. So if you want your sitcom to end well... Call in Ted. He's the closer. <laughs> He's the Trevor Hoffman of sitcom <laughs> closings. Very nice. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to get Roger into the beer. I'm going to try and finish mine. And we're going to do a, a, a fairly different kind of segment for us. But we'll see how it goes. Let's do it. We'll be right back. Hey, Chief. You try this. Made it myself. Pretty good stuff. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's just swimming with bow-legged women. All right. We're, we're back from that quick break. And uh, we have a new tasty beverage. Oh, yeah, we do. This is from the modern times in San Diego, California. The most modern of places, apparently. So uh, cool, so hip, <laughs> so modern. Yeah, this one is the Protocosmos. It's uh, it's another IPA, as we like to do, uh, but actually very clear. Tropical, galaxy, IPA. Yeah, that's that's how they're talking <laughs> about it. So, I mean, I like it. It's got a galaxy, autumn. And Centennial Hops. Now, this Autonum, if that's how you even say it, maybe it's Autanum. 
<laughs> I don't know. I've, I've never, heard it both ways. You're fine. Yeah, I have no idea. I've sure. never heard of it before, but uh, it's quite interesting. Like, definitely, as soon as I cracked the can, I was like, whoa, what is this? Um, super floral. Yeah. Like, super, like, in-your-face floral on this one. Uh, it's something different. I mean, I'm a fan. Uh, and th- this, is, uh, this is in a unique vessel. Yeah. This is a 19.2 ounce can, yeah. which some people, if they're feeling fancy, call it an imperial pint. Uh, but as a member of the Beer Night in San Diego family, Roger, what do we call this size can? It's an Abe Lincoln. Abe <laughs> Lincoln. Four score and seven beers ago, Roger wore this beer on his head. Uh, you know, I actually did. In, in honor of the vampire hunter himself. Ooh. <laughs> love that vampire hunter D. That's a classic. That is a classic. No, it was kind of cool when I came across these cans for Protocosmos. This was a beer um, that I remember being in Bombers. And it would probably been at least two years, maybe three, yeah. since I saw it last. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they brewed it last year or not. Or if it did, it was on a scale that I just didn't, didn't, didn't notice, didn't catch. So seeing these... Uh, hit the market in in this this nineteen point two Abe Lincoln. Yeah, because there ain't no blinking without Abe Lincoln. Uh, <laughs> was it was kind of exciting, and yeah. and I I enjoy the modern times beers, and more often than not they're good. I don't really, I'm kind of in a haze lock right now. Sure, don't really care for the haze. Yeah, this has got this has got a slight haze to it, but not by much. I mean, you can see your finger through the glass. You can still so. see the finger. Yeah, you can. Could... Wait, Roger, not that finger, Jesus, oh, dude. Shit. Come on, man. Family programming. What the fuck? Oh, oops. Oops. Anyways, yeah, no, this one, it, it's great. It's got a uh, citrusy, a bit floral, uh, orange rind kind of taste to it. All around, it's it's got some some good character to it. Yeah, I mentioned to you how I had uh, two of these Abe Lincoln size cans for the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, I wasn't throwing passes, though, so it worked out great for me. He was thinking Lincoln, <laughs> and he stacked them. So we have our beer. We're refreshed. We're recharging. Yeah. The, the, the hops are coursing through our veins, and now we're kind of gonna we're gonna kind of do something a little bit different. Yeah. It's something I I kind of want to do more on the show, but we haven't had really had the opportunity just yet. Uh, but true. we're gonna talk about comic books. Yeah. And you know, last week on the show. I, I, I gave Roger some uh, Fear Agent comics to, to get get his uh, appetite whetted for the, the future upcoming television series. Yeah. And uh, Roger's going to talk about his his fun so far with it. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. fun. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. So so to start off, yes, I've been having a lot of fun with these comics. Uh, I already finished the first trade. Hey, hey. Which is uh, it's kind of a big deal for me because I don't think I've finished a trade in probably over a year now. Do you just get angry after the first issue and throw them away? <laughs> no, I just haven't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't had uh, like the drive to read a comic to like to have something there and just kind of be like, oh man, this is a good story that I want to keep reading. I, I felt for a while, you know, even when I did kind of fall off some of the comics that I was enjoying, that the stories I was reading just just weren't grabbing my attention as much as they used to, and I just got to that point where I felt like I was reading them just because it was the new issue. You sure, know, sure, I wasn't sure. reading it because I wanted to anymore. And I'm like, ah, no, I'm just wasting my money at this point. But after reading this, after reading this amazing pulpy sci-fi you know, throwback comic. Now, when did this one come out? Roughly, it's at least 
ooh, I'm gonna say it's at least ten years old. Okay. If okay. not, maybe a little bit longer than that. Yeah, because because I was gonna say that the art feels very modern. Like this, this isn't like you know any. Yeah, yeah, especially in that first volume, it's it's Tony Moore who mm-hmm. uh, helped uh, illustrate the the first couple arcs of uh, Walking Dead. Yeah. Maybe it might have been just the first arc of Walking Dead. I can't remember, but he's listed as a co-creator. Uh-huh. Uh And yeah, he's a pretty modern artist. Yeah, no, it definitely like one of the things that grabbed me off the bat was just his artwork. I mean. I've always been like huge on certain artists in comic books, but after seeing that, I'm just like, oh yeah, this is this is what I like, you know. So, started reading that off the bat, you know, fan of the art and uh, the the story itself was <coughs> like you go into it just being like, okay, what what's going on here? We see an alien trucker you know, <laughs> <laughs> pulling up to a to a slimy little, you know, in the middle of nowhere literally because you're in space uh like their equivalent of like a gas station diner mm-hmm, type mm-hmm. thing and this guy goes in there and he gets eaten by an alien <laughs> and you're like okay as one uh, as one does yeah i mean that's that's what happens in alien diners you know you, you saw space balls i i definitely saw space balls. <laughs> so you know off the bat you're like okay and then you start seeing the main character heath houston he's just this like southern texas boy like just every trope in the book but just like this lovable oaf you know <laughs> he's just a great character he, he, he kind of reminds me very much of like a bruce campbell-esque character yeah, and i was just about to okay. say that yeah yeah i was just like if you know in his prime bruce campbell could have totally played this yeah character. i like, agree every time i read that i'm just like oh man this guy is like the jerk in the best possible way yeah he's very he's very much like an ash williams but yeah. a sci-fi version instead of a horror sci-fi, version southern yeah just like action kind of you know clumsy dude you know but you know just he, he's got the whole vibe going on he's he's going on the job kind of drunk all the time <laughs> just yeah i mean he's a character with some trauma with some with some yeah. a past that we don't quite know just yet yeah so so i got in you know i finished the first trade and then i'm almost through with the second trade nice nice, nice. um and I've actually gotten to the point where it shows what his trauma is. Okay. Now I don't know. We probably don't want to get too spoilery because it's kind of a you know. A yeah, I mean, thing. There, there's things coming up. I mean, it's it's going to be a show. Like people yeah. may want to watch it. We just want to kind of like wet their whistle. Sure. Yeah. So just like general overview of it. So you have this character, and eventually he. He, turns out he's basically like an exterminator, right? <laughs> In a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. He, he's like a like an alien exterminator, and you know the the whole running theme kind of through it is like there's these intelligence classes of all the species of aliens, and it's like oh it's it's okay for you to kill intelligence levels of C or below or something <laughs> like that, but like you can't kill above there, and then like they're like changing oh no actually no now you can't kill C anymore it's got to be D or below and stuff like that. So it's kind of funny. It's like yeah that might be an actual concern you know it's like you think of like oh well you know is it is it okay to like kill like things like octopus octopi in you know modern world because they're a certain level of intelligence that they've been able to show and you know you, you have these kind of things that you're like oh yeah well i guess on a galactic universal level you would kind of have some similar things you know <laughs> so it's kind of funny to think about but uh but yeah, definitely he he gets you know his job eventually leads him to that space station. I think it's like issue two or three, and uh, he gets to the point where you know he's just like, well, we need your help. You gotta if there's anything there, exterminate it because we haven't heard back from the space station in a while. Right, right, right. 
So he gets in there and he's like, oh crap. It turns out they're feeders. <laughs> and apparently, you know, there's just these aliens that basically all they do, they're like 100% efficient in just reproducing. Okay. Like they just eat and make eggs and that's all they do. So they just consume entire species. Uh, so, you know, he, he gets into a bunch of trouble, you know, throwing grenades and one of the one of the running themes for this is he's always at the brink of death it seems like if not actually dying in, <laughs> in one way or another he do, in in video game parlance he takes some damage oh yeah yeah he he gets like harpoons he gets blown up he's you know his guts are hanging out but you know he always he always makes it through so uh so yeah definitely um he he makes it to the point where he meets then the the second character mara uh, she is, oh, wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. We're just comparing our beers. Also, mine's like much hazier than Roger's. That's interesting. Yeah. We we're drinking the same beer. We should have rolled the can first. I guess it? so. <laughs> Damn it, Noah. Oh right. man. If you've taught us anything, Noah, it was to roll the can. <laughs> sorry, Roger. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Anyways. No. Yeah. So I was just getting to the, um, he meets character Mara. She's, you know, hiding out probably the last survivor of this little space station. Um, and you know she's the the attractive sci-fi female character is you know is kind of the whole like a lot of the the comic is you know like we've said it's very pulpy very old school sci-fi themed yeah. where it's like you know the man is manly and the woman is womanly and you know you got <laughs> you got all these old school themes and you know it's kind of like uh, it's kind of nice to have something a little classic in that sense you know with, with with so much stuff going on in the world, it's kind of just okay to have this kind of story every now and then, I feel. But the woman is significantly smarter, if I remember correctly, right? Oh, yeah. She, <laughs> yeah. She's, you know, in that sense, you know, I feel like the, the, the pulpy sci-fi has always played the female characters as more intelligent, more, you know, knowing what they're going on about as opposed to the bumbling guy character that's kind of just like managing to drink his way through an adventure (laughs) so yeah i'm I'm having a lot of fun with it um just just their banter together has been great and i i can't wait to see who they cast as these characters and you know how how true to the story because one of the one of the things i really like about it so far and i think that's gripping me so much is that i'm like each issue that I'm reading, I'm like, oh, that's like a cool story on its own. But then you get into like something, you know, three issues later that you're like, oh, wait, those guys at the beginning are these guys. Right. The time travel and all this other crazy stuff. And you're like, oh, wow, like it all makes sense now. <laughs> so it's like, wait, he killed him from then, but now he's from the future and now it's he's not dead yet. And now he's holding a grudge and you're just like wow so yeah it's uh it's some crazy stuff it's uh really fun and i can't wait to keep reading so nice that's my review it's a win it's a two thumbs up yeah i was i was joking with you before the show i was like oh shit i better get those final issue the final uh, trade paperback so you can finish the story <laughs> when you get the chance yeah very much because i yeah for some reason i don't have the entire series in trade paperbacks yet um i have them as single issues mm-hmm Oh okay. Because I, I, yeah, I think I use the trades to kind of catch up, and then I started mm-hmm. buying the single issues. Uh, there, it, that that that's a comic book that be, that was very um, story arc based. Yeah, you know, it would come out true. like four or five issues at a time, and then it would go, you know go away for five six months, and then come back with another five or six issues. Mm-hmm. So I got caught up, and then I started buying them as single issues. Yeah, never really finishing my trade paperback collection, which I 
probably should get on, get on top of <laughs> so that Roger can finish reading it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably need that within a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, now I'm on a deadline. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, but yeah, super good so far. Well, I'm glad you're plowing through it. I'm glad you're enjoying it. And, and yeah. uh, listen, I have to uh, come clean with something. I have to, to kind of put it out there, expose <laughs> myself. As a as the heel that I can't that I can be on occasions, um, this this past holiday season I dropped the ball on on Christmas gifts for my good friends, and uh, I want to correct one of those oversights right now on this podcast. I have a story that I think you'll really really like. Yeah, it's not Fear Agent. <laughs> it's all good. But I want to give you something cool. Oh. This is Witches, a book from Image Comics written by the lovely Scott Snyder with art by Jacques. Oh, I love this. And it's a wonderful horror comic that I think will uh, delight and thrill you. Snyder, who was writing the the Batman with with Capullo, so I know you know his writing. Oh, yeah, he's one of my favorite runs. But when he does indie stuff, that's when it gets a little fun. Oh, man. So this is great. Thank belated you. Merry Christmas to you, Roger. <laughs> no, thank you. I really appreciate it. Definitely going to read this next. <laughs> yeah, finish your agent and go right into that. We can do a review of witches on the show. Oh yeah, be fantastic. Be I had a couple comics to kind of talk about. All right. Uh, you know, the last couple of years things have been a little busy with the, with the school and mm-hmm. all that other stuff. So I've been forced to read uh, the books that my educators are forcing me to read. And that's so fun. I had to put my comic books to the side for a while. Um, over the winter break, I started to kind of reconnect with some of the books that I've had uh, in, a, in a steadily growing pile for the last <laughs> two-ish years or so. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one of the books that I just recently finished was Marvel's first volume of their Star Wars series. Oh, okay. You know, Marvel got the rights back to the comic books mm-hmm. uh, four or five years ago. Yeah. They started up a whole new Star Wars number one, and they just wrapped it up with issue 75. Okay. And this... 75-issue volume fills in the gaps of continuity from the end of A New Hope mm-hmm. to the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Huh. And it's very interesting stuff. And because of some of the additions to the continuity, the new continuity mm-hmm. with, with Disney and everything like that, uh, like there's, a, there's an arc where they go to Jeddah and they meet up with the, with the partisans, like the rem- remnants of the partisans that survived the Death Star attack on Jeddah. And... Huh. There's all kinds of interesting things that they do in this. Um, and there, there's some fantastic Darth Vader stuff in this. Mm. And uh, in the year 2020, Marvel's kind of restarting all their Star Wars books. So all the Darth Vader series that came before it, uh, the, the Dr. Aphra series, there was, there was all these books that came out. Uh, they're all going to move forward now into the timeline that's going to be between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay. Which, to me, is a little dicey because... Yeah. Obviously, you're you're missing a main character, mm-hmm. in the fact that Han Solo is now on Carbonite. Yeah. But what I thought's interesting is you're gonna get more Lando. Uh, that is true. There ain't no Blando Lando. <laughs> it's all Mando Lando. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but cool uh, so it's it's kind of cool to see this this um. It the the period between Empire and Jedi is fairly un developed there was some stuff That's in the true. old continuity that they did but since since disney threw out a lot of stuff we don't know it's stuck yeah so it'll be kind of interesting to see what they do going forward because uh january 1st they launched volume two of star wars at number one mm-hmm. in this new post empire strikes back 
uh, timeline. Okay. They're relaunching Darth Vader. They're relaunching the Dr. Aphra books. They're, they're doing a Bounty Hunter comic. Because now we know about the bounty hunters, so we want to know more about bounty hunters. Yes, we like them. So I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get caught up in all my Marvel Star Wars books. Yeah. And uh, that main Star Wars series was was the first one, and I thought it uh, did ended pretty strongly. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. And now I want to talk about one more comic. Yeah. <laughs> and Roger, you'll probably be more of an active participant on this. Okay. Da, 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 da. Oh, Volume Eight of Batman. Z Bateman. I'm sorry, Volume 7. This is uh, The Wedding, written by Tom King, with art by <laughs> Mikkel Janin and Tony yes. S. Daniel. Or is it Michael? You think it's Michael? No, it's, it's Mikkel Janin, yeah. Mikkel Janin. Perfect. I love yeah, your... Yeah, he's, uh, he's actually one of my favorite artists. Oh, of, fantastic. Of comics, yeah, especially DC. He actually worked on uh, the Grayson run in the beginning, so... So this comic is roughly two years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, what is this? This is issue 45 through 50... Plus DC Nation number zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, they're at least two years old. So I'm going to spoil this, this away. One of the big things going on in, in Tom King's run yeah. has been the pending nuptials mm-hmm. of Batman and Catwoman. Yeah. This is the culmination <laughs> of that arc. Yeah. You know what's funny is I actually read everything up to this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually literally where I well, fell off. I won't spoil everything in this. Um, I, I think it ends the way it only could have ended. Sure. But what is interesting in this is um, Joker's reaction to Batman's penny nuptials <laughs> and the way in which he processes that. Mm. And I think my favorite issue in here is a... Um, I can't remember if it's a single issue or if it's a two-parter where uh, Catwoman and Joker have a confrontation mm-hmm. A, a physical confrontation, a violent confrontation, and they're both basically <laughs> on the verge of bleeding out, and they're laying on the ground. Joker's holding his neck, ke- keeping pressure on an artery wound from Catwoman <laughs> slashing him across the throat. Sure. And Selena's on the ground, ho- keeping pressure on a gunshot wound from the Joker. <laughs> and they're having this conversation about their their history together as the villains of Batman, and it kind of goes back to this, um. Almost like, like remember the Super Friends? Mm. You know, when like the villains were kind of all in it together? Sure. And it was like, yeah, it's us against Batman and like yeah. our relationship with Batman. And <laughs> and it's um, it's a really interesting story in the way that these two former nemesis of Batman kind of relate to each other and, and kind of the way they talk about other Batman villains and, and, and some <laughs> of these other things. And I thought it was really, really lovely in, in, in one sense. It was a little odd in another. Mm. <laughs> but... Uh, I don't know. Something about I thought I found just super charming. Yeah. Again, cool. it ends the only way it can end. Yeah, uh, I'm familiar with the ending, but okay. To to not spoil it, but to not other to, not to spoil it to yeah. other folks. Uh, it, the, I've been a big fan of what Tom King has been doing on his yeah. his Batman run, uh, which I think is recently concluded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I strongly urge people to check it out. I'm gonna get more into it. Yeah. Though I can't get too much more into it because not everything's been collected into paperbacks just yet. Yeah, it's it's on the DCU universe. Well, I I gave that up, Roger. Uh. <laughs> so unless you're going to share your access with me, I'm <laughs> SOL on the on the on the most recent stuff. Oh. But I can wait. I still have I have volume eight and nine to read. I know ten is now available as a paperback, mm-hmm. and I think eleven and twelve are forthcoming. Yeah. But they're going to be coming out as hardcovers first. Yeah. And I don't know if I want to shell that kind of cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the thing. But. It was kind of fun to get back into the Batman mythology right now. Um, 
So you, you finished Volume 7 then? I did finish this. Okay. So yes. overall, you enjoyed it? Yeah, I did. I, I think it was a... Like, you said you read everything up to this one. Yeah. Had you enjoyed leading up to it? You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I was kind of hit or miss with a lot of Tom King's run on Batman. I really liked the, the I Am Gotham series with uh, Gotham and Gotham Girl. Yeah. And I thought that was like a really crazy, twisty way to go about things. Um, I was excited about it because previously Tom King was on Grayson mm-hmm. uh, with um, Tim Seeley. And uh, <coughs> so that was Tom King, Tim Seeley, and Michael Janine was doing the art on it. Okay. okay. So it was... It was a great series, and and I know I know you're not a huge Dick Grayson fan, but I really think that that's one that you should check out just because it's it's not your typical Nightwing comic. It, it does so many different things, and the characterizations are so spot on for each character. It's just a really enthralling story, and it's cool to see it kind of take this spy espionage way, very Mission Impossible. Yeah, you know? it's. You're right. I'm not the hugest Dick Grayson fan, but like there have been runs of that character that I am a massive fan of, mm. uh, particularly when, when he got his first comic book back in like the mid to late '90s. Yeah. The 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 Chuck Dixon, uh, Craig McDaniel series where he first goes to Bloodhaven. Yeah. And uh, I, I there's so much of that that I love. Yeah. Uh, that was so good. And I was curious about the spy stuff. I was, yeah. but. Unfortunately, we live in a day and age where comic books are really fucking expensive, <laughs> and I can't read everything like I used to be able to. That's true. Which well, is sad and tragic and a, a, a shocking reason why comic books are probably going to die sometime in my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> on a less morbid thought, uh, I do actually own every issue of the Grayson run, including all the variant covers, minus... Two, I think. What? You even <laughs> bought the variants? Yeah, even the variant covers. Oh, that's DC like, loves you. You're that, their kind of customer. Yeah, that, that's how hardcore I went into it for that. That's no, why. that's great. I love that about... That's a good. That's that's the kind of fan that I wish I could be still. Well, I mean, I was only there for a few years, and then I ran out of money. So. <laughs> I hear that. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm like... Who's to blame? Comics or beer? Who takes more money? <laughs> that's a whole oh, side of the podcast. If you mix them together, well, then you got our show. Yeah. <laughs> Especially going forward, because I'm going to get three more comics, so we may talk about them more. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, I could I could loan you out some of those, because that's, that's definitely a really good run. And if you like Tom King's stuff, a lot of that really comes through in the Grayson comic. And uh, and you get Tim Seeley. He's actually, I guess, ex, uh, ex-secret agent himself, which is kind of cool. So he actually, Oh, Tom King, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not even his real name. That's really? how secret identity he is. Oh, really? Yeah, no, Tom King, Tom King is like an alias. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's like super spy. Yeah, so he, a lot of his, like, you know, that kind of stuff comes through in the Grayson comic, and you're like, oh, wow. Never would have thought to go about it that way, but that's probably how you should. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. I think I picked up uh, the, the last time I... Ooh, I, I have to check my Comixology account. Uh, I think most of the Nightwing stuff I've been picking up recently is through Comixology. It's all digital stuff. Yeah. But I think it's like way back, like the New Fifty Two, like the Kyle Higgins run. Okay, yeah, I read. Yeah, I read, basically. So kind of like leading up to that that yeah. spy run. I read all of those also. Yeah, so I've I've read all of the New Fifty Two, uh, Nightwing issues, and then I guess Grayson was kind of the last thing, and then it kind of went into the Rebirth stuff. Right, right, right. Um, and then I got into the Rebirth, but like I said, that's kind of when I fell off comics as a whole. But. Uh, but yeah, so all of New 52, I've read all of New 52, Batman, and uh, Nightwing. So, 
It's good stuff, man. It's yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm digging, I'm digging this, this stuff. Uh, I think one of, the, one of the things I've been wanting to get more to, get into more on the show is, is yeah. comic books. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's the one area that we really haven't been able to pursue, and that's, that's on me because of my schedule and, and my, my, uh, <laughs> forced reading of, of Shakespeare, mm. which don't get me wrong, I love me some Shakespeare. Good old Bill. <laughs> yeah, Bill, Bill Shakespeare, Bill Shatner, same guy, BS and BS. What? Masters of it. He's an immortal. <laughs> That's why when you watch Free Enterprise, Shatner wants to do that six-hour version of Julius Caesar. Mm, there you go. Spoilers. Just connected all the dots. All of them. Yeah, so I, I think comic books might become more of a recurring feature on the show. So get yeah, ready. Yeah, for get sure. Get buckled up. Get your, get your. I recommend a comicsology account. I honestly do. Like, if you don't want to. You know, if you live in a house with stuff, you don't want more stuff. Yeah, I have too much stuff. Uh, go digital. Yeah. Get the Comixology. Um, a lot of this is on the Comixology Unlimited, which I think is like five bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just download it like a library, basically. And yeah. Go ahead and read read the shit out of it. Yeah, and I mean, if we go back into any year-old DC stuff, I got that at least until the end of the year. So. Well, and I, and I did tease it that I, I will be reading the, the Vision comic that okay. WandaVision is going to be based on. So hopefully in a week or two, uh, I'll have a little bit of a review of that. Yeah. And uh, I'll have to get Roger synced up. We can do Witches too. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. As soon as I'm done with Fear Agent. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. I'll be on this. Yeah. We're going to have to do like a lending library too. Get everything I'm excited going. because, I mean, I haven't really read a, a horror, per se, horror comic uh, I remember we were talking before about the, uh, what was it, Gotham by Midnight series that was kind of semi-horror-ish theme within the Gotham right, world. Right, in that context. Know? And uh, that was that was really, really cool stuff. Like weird art, just super surreal imagery and just all this weird paranormal stuff with occasional drop-ins by Batman. So, <laughs> you know, you there's... An 11-year difference in our ages. So the 90s for you were very different than the 90s for me. Uh, but but in that period of like the late, 80, late, late 80s and early 90s, like satanic imagery was very like scary for me. And it was like, oh, I can't go home with this. My mom will kill me. Yeah, satanic panic was a real thing. <laughs> like I couldn't imagine. I mean, I remember going to the comic book store in the, in the mid-90s and... and um, I was I was in my early teens, like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. And the owner of the store seemed to think I had a good head on my shoulders. Sure. So he would, you know, kind of like, "Hey, have you tried this over here?" And you know, be a little bit more adult oriented. Sure. You know, like he'd kind of point me toward Hellblazer and and, and stuff yeah. like that. And preacher. He's, a, and... he's the guy who got me to read Preacher actually yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I was scared I of Hellblazer. Yeah. I was scared of it. It was, yeah. like, too intimidating for me. It was, like, too much. Hell's in the name. Well, I mean, even the art was, like, very adult for me. I was like, I, was like, I, don't, I don't know what's happening That's here. That's true. It was very gritty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but something about, about, uh, about C. Dillon's art was much more approachable. That's so true. So I, I could get I into Preacher so. a little bit more easily. But, yeah, it's funny, you, it's funny you say that about the horror comics because, yeah, I mean, for a long time, like, I wouldn't go anywhere near stuff like that. And sure. I'm just talking about DC Vertigo books. Yeah. <laughs> which is not even nearly close to what's going on over an oh, image yeah. with some of their stuff that they do. Like, some of the... And like, I say horror, but like they're 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 more thriller than anything else. It's not like there's gonna be tons of blood and guts. It's not like gore comics oh, or anything no. like that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean it's a different time. I mean I remember the first. I remember a friend of mine, and this was in middle school, was loaning me uh, 
Slayer's Rain and Blood album. Oh, yeah. And I basically had to sneak it into the house to listen to it because I, like, if my mom saw that cover with, like, the blood and the goats and the, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I did not want to have that conversation at the house. I lived in abject fear of my mother's judgment for a long, long time. That does happen. That, uh, that's a little behind the curtains preview into my psyche, folks. Yeah, dude. No, I, you know, I never messed around with horror stuff as a, as a kid. You know, I was a chicken shit growing up as a kid. I was like, I remember seeing horror things on TV and having nightmares after like two minutes of just flipping <laughs> through channels and being like, oh, sure. Oh, it's Chucky. Uh, Fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nightmares or Freddy No, I, I, I didn't want to watch Freddy Krueger. I didn't want to watch Jason. I was scared of all that shit. And I look at it now and I'm like, <laughs> dude, all I want to do is watch this stuff now. Agreed, agreed. It's so funny. It's, it's I mean, okay, you have a you have a brother. You have a sibling. Mm-hmm. I yeah. forget, but he's younger than you, right? Younger so you're bro. the older brother? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Did he get away with more stuff than you? Uh, you know, probably. <laughs> I felt like my brother's gonna be so mad at me for talking about this on the show. <laughs> I I think you know to a certain degree there were certain things, especially when he was younger, for sure. But uh, it even out when we got older. I'm sure. I I feel like me coming up with the Slayer album was was uh, trouble brewing. Mark came <laughs> home with it; it wouldn't have been that big a deal because Mark was an uh, artist and creative. Oh, okay. And he just would have been exploring satanism or whatever i don't know <laughs> i'm exploring satan mom. i'm gonna get such an angry text later from him it's gonna be amazing it's <laughs> uh, too good uh i i honestly feel like uh like we're out of things to talk about today what do you think i think we hit up all the fun stuff <laughs> after I mean, here it's gonna be boring so ugh, is there is there anything more fun than what we've talked about already uh i don't think so i think that's literally as fun as it gets I agree with you on that. And we went way longer. Considering how light our show was in content, we chewed that gristle. We got that fat between our teeth. Oh, yeah. We know how to get down on those bones. We will be sustained <laughs> until next week, at yes. the very, very least. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever it is you listen. Maybe write us a five-star review if you're feeling like it. Small podcasts like us need all the help we can get. Get the word out about us. Help share us around when, we, when we're doing stuff. Uh, tell all your friends, all your family, all your all your siblings who get away with murder. Let them all know about us. You can follow the show at TomCast underscore podcast on Twitter, at the TomCast underscore podcast on Instagram. Email me, TomCastPopCast at gmail.com. Join Pophead Nation at patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. Thank you to our current Patreons. Once again, you guys are the best. The Aspen Hill Chody, the Squidmaster General Brian Broussard, and the Batman of Bay Park. He didn't marry Catwoman. Nope. I, I know Jeff Neal's wife. She's not Catwoman. She's awesome, but she's not Catwoman. That's good. <laughs> He's the co-host of the Ringing Ear podcast. They're on a break, so you can get caught up on their podcast. Cool. Raj, you have a new handle. I do indeed. What are you? Jedi Raj at uh, Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, he's at Jedi Raj. It may look like Jedi Rogue. Yeah. Rogue. <laughs> Rogue. It's French for yeah. Raj. Yeah. It's rad. I, I kind of thought he should have gone like Jedi Raj 1. You know, that, it would have made sense. <laughs> it wouldn't have been seven symbols. and it, it might be a license plate soon. Who knows? Ooh. Ooh, don't get that before he does. <laughs> Roger, you, you're putting that for the world to hear? Yeah, I mean, if, if anyone wants to spend like 100 bucks a year on that shirt, <laughs> you guys beat me to it. Go for oh, it. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> well, I don't think we top it after that. I mean, like, like I mean, personal license plate, this show is off the charts. Oh, yeah. It's getting real, guys. Woo! <laughs> All right, we got good stuff going on. Um, we're going to be back next week, but I do want to give a, a quick shout-out because our good friends over at Pry Brewing, 
are having their anniversary party next weekend. Oh, yes. What is that, the 12th, 13th, 14th, something like that? 15, uh, 14th through 16th, yeah. 14th through 16th. They're doing rad stuff. Oh, yeah. They're, they're doing the uh, He Stole My Balloons double IPA, which is the super hopped-up version of Smilex that we had last time on the show Roger was here. It's even more potent. Even more potent, even more hoppy, even more hazy. And there's going to be a special glass release. Oh, yeah. uh, you can get the gift pack. You can buy the tickets for that online. But just show up at the brewery no matter what. Just come yeah. by the brewery, hang out. We're, uh, Roger and I will be there at some point over the weekends. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll probably overlap some point, yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think we're going to make that plan happen. Yeah, it's going to be so, good. They're going to so, have Batman on a marathon all night. Uh, and they're they're almost out of the glasses. When is Batman Trivia Night going to be? Oh, you know what? We need to talk to him about that. Because What's the guy's name? Brett? Brett, Let's know. get that fool on the phone. Batman Night. On the bat phone. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to paint Roger's mustache white. He's going to be the new Joker. The new Cesar Romero, baby. <laughs> All right, we're getting out of here. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back very, very soon. New episode of Picard coming this week once episode three drops. And uh, maybe if Roger ever catches up, he can be on that episode. One day. (laughs) (laughs) We will talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much again, once again. Thank you for listening. And as we always say, uh, after I'm going to close it out by giving a big shout-out to the the great one, the great eight, Alexander Ovechkin, with his amazing hat trick. Natural hat trick. Three goals in less than four minutes and 30 seconds last night against the LA Kings. Sent them straight to hell. That was beautiful. (laughs) And as he says, ciao, babes. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions!